This is Melange à deux, a Vienna podcast. Herzlich willkommen. Hi, everybody. This is Frau Batsby, and this is Melange à deux, and I am with Herr X. Hello. Hello. So our this is a big topic. This is going to probably be a two or three part arc. Wow. This is going to be about uh, Empress Elizabeth or Elizabeth or Cece, the OG people's princess. The original Cece. No, the OG people's princess because Diana was called the people's princess. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to take my sweater off a little warm. Whoa. <laughs> also, I have a wonderful pimple on my nose. Don't look at it. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. Well, now you do. Um, <laughs> so I guess before we get started, let's uh, let's check in with each other. How are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> we had a fantastic, woke up early in the morning to find F1, had a Vegas race. So yeah, it's actually really, really good. It was a good race, yeah. And then Friday we went to the Marine Ball. Yeah. And that was at the Liechtenstein Palais. Very fancy. Very beautiful. The Liechtenstein Palais is still owned by the Liechtenstein family. Bob and Marie Liechtenstein. Oh, the Liechtensteins, <laughs> the yeah. Liechtensteins, just down the street. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. That was really fun. And I did like I had to tell you, the American, not to put your club soda on the table that's set for a Marine who's passed. <laughs> well, they. I, I think it's one of those things they have to tell you, kind of like, hey, just by the way, don't. They said it in the beginning. They're like, this table is set for our fallen Marines. Was, was I having a stroke? At <laughs> it was crowded. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess before we get started, I need to tell you all about my new nemesis. I've been saving the story for the podcast. Well, you have a new nemesis. I do. <laughs> <laughs> what is that number? <laughs> so you know how I'm a little impatient when I go to the grocery store? A little impatient. <laughs> a little impatient. Okay. I mean, I have, I, I'm not going to be mad if somebody is elderly paying with coins. Right. That's okay. Yeah. And I'm it's not expected gonna, even. It's expected. I'm not going to be annoyed if somebody's like a little bit, you know, mobility wise or having problems getting things. It's, you know, yeah, totally yeah. understandable. But you thought I was impatient. So my new nemesis, I've only seen her once. She's wearing athleisure wear, which is fine because I pretty much wear pajamas to Billa. She was so aggressive. <laughs> aggressive how I was getting onions and I'm very fast you know I go and get my stuff yeah and I get out of there so I'm going to get onions she pretty much body checks me for the carrots that were right beside the onions and she didn't say sorry so I just gave her a withering look and then everywhere I was going she was kind of pushing past me what what did you do I didn't do anything <laughs> anything she was just really really but she was like so you've had several encounters it no, wasn't just, just this that... one morning this okay. one this one no shop. no but what I mean in the supermarket yeah what? it was like she was out to get me oh. and I wasn't doing anything I was being really chill I was listening to Christmas music okay started early and then I get to the cash register and she made like a beeline past me to get there before me even though she had like a lot more stuff than I did which is fine okay and then she complains to the woman that they like the woman's charged her double for a head of lettuce and it's, it's taking a long time because she's really like very aggressive karen about this type of thing mm -hmm. and in the end she was wrong and i could kind of laugh <laughs> but i think i'm going to see her again i have a new nemesis 
Oh, this is going to be great. I know. I can't wait. <laughs> we could do that code I language that we do. Like, you, I'll be like, oh, I know now who yeah, she yeah. is. And we also have a code word to get out of awkward situations. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very inconspicuous. Kaka! <laughs> you let out the secret. I know. Okay, we'll have to nobody, change it. <laughs> nobody would have figured that out. <laughs> I'll do a dinosaur. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was my nemesis at Billa the other day. I was saving that up to tell you. You, I mean, I remember when you bought the onions, so that was quite, quite a while. It was the onions for, oh yeah, so that was that recipe that I put on. Yes, uh, which was, was very popular, by the way. Yeah. Because you did step by step. I did. <laughs> it was very yummy. It was very good. Um, yeah, any other, any other news? Well, we have a busy week coming up because it's the week of American Thanksgiving. Yeah. So Thursday, we're going to friends for Thanksgiving. We have to remember to thaw a turkey. For our Thanksgiving on the Saturday. Yes. And then Friday, I have a college friend in town. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that we had planned? Well, usually you would remind me, so yeah. that's why I... I don't think we have it. It's going to be busy. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Okay. <laughs> so, um... On to Sisi. On to Sisi. So not Egyptian Sisi. What do you know about Austrian Empress Sisi? Because, you know, I could keep going with CC's. Uh, there's uh, CC Sabathia, mm-hmm. Karsten James, uh, Karsten Charles Sabathia. I was like, wait, what? Karsten Charles Sabathia. And then there's... That's baseball, Tova. And then there's That's CC. my John Sterling for... John Sterling. Uh, CC's basic? Basic stuff that I know about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. That's CC's um, basic. Uh... Oh, CC's... Yeah. <laughs> One with the big eyes is what you said this morning. <laughs> well, uh, because that would be in German, it would be CC, or no, in uh, Eastern Europe, CC Spacek. Right. But uh, no, <laughs> these are the things that we talk about, by the way. Very interesting. Okay. All right. So what do I know about her? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I knew nothing about her before we met. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the things that I've learned since... Uh, well, no, because I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin some of the stuff. Yes. I mean, I've learned quite a bit, so I don't want to ruin it. Okay, but there's a lot of things you don't know about her. And we went to the CC Museum for my birthday last year, which yes. was great. So that's at the Hofburg. I recommend it. Don't take pictures. They don't let you do that. Uh, yes, as we learned from security. No, we were not <laughs> no, escorted out. I did. Out. I went there the year before, and I was taking pictures, and I got in trouble. Were you escorted out? No. Oh. This is Austria. <laughs> pepper spray maybe that's what the lady was doing at the supermarket she was very mad about that altercation (laughs) and you just completely forgot about her oh yeah she wasn't very nice um okay well before i get started i'll say my sources uh sources for today uh is the reluctant empress by brigitte haman who is a or haman who's i believe an austrian writer Uh, it's a fantastic book then there's the Habsburg Empire, a very short introduction by Martin Rady. Rady. Then there's the Habsburgs embodying embodying Europe by Andrew Wheatcroft. Habsburger.net, historyofroyalwoman.com, and of course, as always, Wikipedia. Sounds very thorough. Very thorough. All right. And if people are interested in seeing anything to do with uh, what's it called, <laughs> CC. <laughs> Tired what are we today. talking about? <laughs> um, there's the Netflix series called The Empress, which takes liberties. It's not exactly true, uh, but they made it romantic and pretty. Then there's, of course, Romy Schneider, who's an Austrian actress back in the day, and she did all these CC movies that I loved as a kid. They're very romantical and fun. 
Then there was a film called Corsage that came out, I think, last year. Uh, that's a darker look into the life of Cece. And then years ago, there used to be a musical here called Elisabeth, which mm. was my favorite musical. I think I went two or three times. It's like the Austrian Broadway version of this empress. And it was fantastic. I loved it very much. So it hasn't been on for years. Well, so, you're a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of Cece. I have been since I was... A little girl. So get ready. Buckle up, folks. Buckle up. Okay, so Cece is from the Wittelsbach family of Bavaria. So I'm going to talk a little bit about her parents. Um, the Wittelsbach family wasn't ever really part of the royal court in Bavaria. They were royal, but they kind of lived a quiet life in the countryside. They have a place in Munich and then out. Um, a Munich, there was a palace on Munich, in Munich on Ludwigstrasse and then a vacation home on Lake Starnberg, which is a lake in Bavaria. Um, Cece's dad was Duke Maximilian of Bavaria. His family was from kind of a distant line of the royal family, so he was pretty much left alone. He just had money, and he didn't have to do anything official. I mean, sometimes he'd have to serve in the army, but otherwise he kind of was a trust fund kid. Oh, he's yeah. living the dream. Living the dream. Um, and then he married Cece's mom in 1828. Her name was Ludovica, or Louise. Uh, for short, but then I'll get to that in a little bit. And I found some interesting stories about Duke Maximilian of Bavaria, Cece's dad, and I think you'll appreciate this. So, in 1838, Maximilian Joseph traveled to Egypt and Palestine. Mm. He published an account of his trip, and it was called Wandering nach dem Orient im Jahr 1838, and it was kind of about his travels there. While climbing the Great Pyramid, he arranged for his servants to yodel as if he were climbing in the Alps. <laughs> I can just see the Egyptians like, what are they doing? What are they doing? I think that is hilarious. Um, he also collected a number of antiquities, which he brought back to Bavaria and displayed in his father's home, Bantz Abbey. Uh, they can still be seen there today. A lot, among the items are the mummy of a young woman, three mummies' heads, several animal mummies, Shawaptis, which are small ancient Egyptian figurines, and several stones from tombs or temples, including one from the Temple of Dendur. Heard of it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking an Egyptian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, also, I'm, I'm curious to see why that has not been confiscated. Um, he also bought some children. <laughs> in, wait, wait. Children's toys. No, they... children in the Cairo slave market and later freed them. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. happy ending. <laughs> but freed them and then now they're in Europe. I don't know where they went. Mm. I don't know if they're recaptured and brought back and then tourists come and buy them again. This is a story that has to be told. Because I knew they would do that in Tunisia with birds. Like you could pay to free a little songbird and then the songbird would fly back like a little bit later and then they would... I mean, so kind of same thing. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Those kids are okay. Um, also, when Maximilian Joseph was in Jerusalem, he paid for the restoration of the Church of the Flagellation on the Via Dolorosa. Mm. Do you know it? No. Okay. Uh, one of his biggest passions was folk music. Maximilian Joseph was, this is a quote, sorry, quote, Maximilian Joseph was one of the most prominent promoters of Bavarian folk music in the 19th century. Under his influence, the zitter, you know that yeah. Austrian instrument, started to be used in court circles and eventually became identified as the national musical instrument of Bavaria. Because of his interest, he received the nickname Zitter Maxl. He himself played the zitter and also compu composed music for it, end quote. 
During a visit by his cousin Ludwig II of Bavaria, Ludwig saw some sheet music on Maximilian Joseph's piano by the composer Richard Wagner, which led on to Ludwig's financial support for Wagner from 1863. So Ludwig II was the king of Bavaria. He's the one who built that castle, Neuschwanstein, the one that um, is the Disney castle. Oh, right. the, yeah, so we'll have to go there one day. Um, and yeah, kind of thanks to Cece's dad, Wagner became very popular. Mm. And then Hitler really liked him. And then the rest is history. The rest is history. Um, from all accounts, he seemed to be a doting father when he wasn't absent. So he really indulged his children, but he wasn't a great husband. Um, I also read that he made time every day at lunch to dine with his two illegitimate children. Well, I mean, <laughs> you got to make the time. <laughs> well, he's a very doting father. A very doting father. So then let's talk about Cece's mother. Her mother was Ludovica and the daughter of King Maximilian I of Bavaria. And her sister Sophie was married to Archduke Franz Karl. Mm. Franz Karl is the father of Franz Josef. Wait a minute. <laughs> Go back again. Ludovica. Yeah, the mother. The mother. Her sister was Sophie, yes, who was married to Archduke Franz Karl. Okay. So her sister is oh, so the mother. So we're getting into cousins here. Kissing cousins. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, the other sister, Caroline, was married to the to Emperor Franz I of Austria. Mm. So at the time you had so Franz Joseph technically wasn't going to be emperor. Right. And then I think from what I remember, Emperor Franz I stepped down. The father of Franz Joseph decided not to become emperor, and it went to Franz Josef okay. at a very young age. Um, I think when he was 18 or 19. I believe 18, yeah. So Ludovica married kind of this countryside bumpkin, and her two sisters married into the Habsburg family, so they kind of married better is mm -hmm. what it was. And... Um, to quote, Lodovica was always frustrated that, unlike her elder sisters who married kings and Austrian archdukes, she would not be marrying someone with a grand title, but rather a peculiar and childish duke who had a fondness for circuses. However, Ludovica was determined to create dynastic marriages for her daughters. So, OG Chris uh, Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ludovica was born in Munich on August 30th, 1888. Uh, no air conditioning. Uh, as I said, she was the daughter of Bavarian King Max and his second wife, Caroline of Baden. Her older sister died at the age of 10 and affected Ludovica deeply. When her sister Sophie got married in Vienna, Ludovica, who was 16 at the time, attended. In Vienna, she met Prince Miguel of Portugal, who was exiled for trying to usurp his father, the King of Portugal. I just see that this role is going to be played by Antonio Banderas. I know he's not Portuguese, but I, I'm just putting... And he's also this not is, 22. This is my... <laughs> This is uh, my memory aid. <laughs> yeah, so Ludovica goes to Vienna. She's like 15, 16. She goes to her sister's wedding, and this is where she meets this prince okay. of Portugal who's been in exile because he's trying to take over his father. He was only 22. They fell madly in love. He asked to marry her, and her father said no. Reason A was he was exiled and probably never would amount to much, and reason B... He had plans to marry Ludovica off to his grandnephew, Maximilian of Bavaria. Mm. Um, originally, Maximilian of Bavaria, Cece's dad, was supposed to marry the older sister of Ludovica who, when she died when she was 10. So. This is getting way too complex. That's very complex. <laughs> I know. 
So, but I'm 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 keeping. Okay, so Ludovica, Cece's yes. mom, is in love with this Portuguese prince. Gotcha. He asks to marry her. Her father says no. Right. So she's yeah, she's heartbroken, uh, and she's watching her older sisters become queens. So she's a little bitter. In 1825, Ludovica's father passed suddenly in his sleep. Her mother takes them to Europe, and Ludovica did meet up with the prince, the Portuguese prince, a few t- more times. But it was not to be, and she was married to Max. Mm. Uh, three days after Ludovica's wedding to Max, Miguel, who had then just become king again, because mm. he took the oh. yeah, sends Timing. a letter to, to marry, asking to marry her. Oh. Her mother hides the letters. It's like the notebook. Oh. <laughs> it's all about timing. All about timing. So yeah, that's it. Was not good. So Ludovica and Maximilian were not an ideal match at all. They were very unhappy in their marriage, but those were the days. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to add? Wow. No, no. It's just uh, it's interesting if some some things took certain turns this way or that way, how things could have been. But they, yeah, yeah. It'd be crazy. She. But the ink is dry. Ink is dry. Mm. Sorry, I drink my chai latte. Um, so let's get to Cece. She was born December 24th, 1837, in Munich. Her name was Elisabeth Amalie Eugene, Eugenie, or Eugenie, or Eugenie of Bayern. Her nickname was Cece. She was the fourth born out of a total of nine or ten children. Different sources say they had nine kids. Some said they had ten kids. I mean, uh, why uh, quibble with the... I think after three, you, just don't, you, don't <laughs> you forget their names. Yeah. Uh, two passed in infancy. She was the second daughter born. Her older sister was Helen and was three years older than her. Cece was born on Christmas Eve, which was considered very lucky. Mm-hmm. And she was also born with two teeth, teeth, which was considered good luck. Two teeth already? When she was born, yeah. Wow. So I don't know who it's lucky for, not the one breastfeeding. <laughs> Uh, so Cece's childhood was pretty carefree. Like mm-hmm. they didn't have to do royal events. They had time to go horseback riding, run around the forest. It was just kind of this idyllic childhood. Her mother was very hands-on, which was unusual for the nobility in those days. The children received tutoring six days a week. Uh, Sundays were free days. Uh, apparently the children though weren't properly tutored because they were too wild and crazy and rambunctious. rambunctious. And it was also very difficult because the father would suddenly come back from a long trip and then take them to circuses or horseback riding. Well, even after seeing the illegitimate children every day? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't see them every day if he was traveling. Well, of course. I mean, (laughs) priorities. Uh, Cece constantly went horseback riding. She was an amazing uh, rider. She absolutely loved nature, which was a trait that she shared with Franz Josef, Mm. her first cousin. Yes. And husband. (laughs) And husband. So Ludovica, the mother, had already started plans for Cece to be married off to other royalty, but it never clicked for Cece. So she, and she was at the time 14, 15, and she wasn't interested. Her older sister, Helene, was going to marry Franz Josef. That was the plan between the two sisters, Sophie and Ludovica, the mother Mm -hmm. of Franz Josef and Helene. And... Next. Um, so the plan was, Helene was going to marry Franz Joseph. She was considered the more attractive sister, mm. more poised. Cece was kind of considered the free spirit, weird sister. It's totally like my teenage fantasy of like being at a party and like the really hot girl, like the, the, the cool guy is like, 
No, I want that weird girl in the corner. It was like that 80s teen movie where the girl with the glasses, yeah. she takes off the glasses. And they're and, like, oh my, oh gosh, my God, she's beautiful. <laughs> Gorgeous. Like, you know she was just wearing glasses. <laughs> no, she was a troll. <laughs> Nobody can be attractive with glasses. Haven't we learned anything? <laughs> mm, yeah, so that was kind of, that's the myth of it. And it, it's kind of true. Um... Ludovica brings Helen to Bad Ischl to meet Franz Josef. So the plan is... Ski resort. Exactly. The start of COVID in the country. Is that where it started? Yeah, remember? Oh. I think it was... Uh, because also it's not too far from Italy, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. So uh, the, the tourists were going up there and then COVID really started taking up at Ischl. I did not know that. That's how I learned of the city. <laughs> well, I remember when I was learning how to ski at the age of five and we went skiing in Bad Gestein. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I told you the story. And at the end of my course, they gave me a little pin that said Bad Gestein. And I could only read bad. And I thought it said bad skier. So I hid it from my parents. (laughs) (laughs) I'm triggered by bad anything. Um, Yeah. So the idea is that Ludovica, Helen is like 18 at the time. They're going to go to Bad Ischl to meet Franz Josef. The mother also brings Cece for moral support. There was no plan for Cece to really... Well... The idea was that Cece would maybe marry Franz Josef's younger brother because they had been communicating a little bit. So they thought, well, maybe sisters, brothers, mm-hmm. keep it in the family. <laughs> so gross. Some people marry their cousins, but... It's more common yeah. than, than, than you think. But I think, yeah, things have... Uh, have changed. Have changed. Have changed. Um, so then... When they arrive at Badishal, the whole idea is to make Helen look gorgeous. She's going to wear a beautiful dress, but their clothes actually get lost. So Helen is wearing this very austere black dress, and it doesn't look great on her. Cece, on the other hand, looks amazing. So when Franz Joseph walks in, he... <laughs> he's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the song, like, At Last comes on. He's like, <laughs> and he just is drawn to her. And but by this time, is he emperor already? He's emperor. So okay. he's 22, 23 So it's a time. big deal. The emperor is coming in. Yeah, huge deal. Because the yeah. whole idea was that it was going to be a, a match. Yeah. And then he didn't go for Helene. He saw Cece because she looked fresher. She was 15. <laughs> it was a different time. Um, to quote author Andrew Wheatcroft about Franz Josef, quote, his passion from those first moments seem, seems never to have wavered. Hers seems never to have been truly roused. Mm. Yeah. So there's this idea that she did love him, but she wasn't as in love with him. And several times leading up to the wedding, she's crying because she's like, I wish he wasn't emperor. I wish he was like a, a normal person. Mm. It's a lot of pressure for her. Oh, so she, she, was, she was not wowed by the, the extra responsibility or the celebrity of the whole thing? She's terrified. She, terrified. Yeah. And she was 15 yeah. when they first met. So it was absolutely terrifying. So, August 18th, 1853, there's the engagement in Bad Ischl. In the show The Empress, which is on Netflix, it makes it look like he chose her without consulting anyone, but he did, in fact, discuss it with his mother before he made the announcement. His mother, Sophie, who was a very helicoptery mother, she kind of ran the empire for a very long time, Mm -hmm. helping out Franz Josef. Um, She did agree to the union, and it seems initially that she really liked Cece for him. She thought she was beautiful, young, and perfect for him. So mm-hmm. I think that changes later on. Of course, Helene, the sister, was devastated because yeah. she thought she was going to be empress. Yeah, 
Thanksgiving would be awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) And uh, Ludovica, Cece's mom, was actually very, very stressed about it being Cece who was chosen because she didn't think that she was going to be able to handle the task of being empress. I think when you're 15, 16. It's kind of hard. Well, on the job training. On the job training, (laughs) So Fake it till you make it. Oh, my gosh. So to bless the union, they had to ask different permission. It's kind of like a... What's it called? What's that term called when it's not... You have to ask permission, but it doesn't really mean anything. It's ceremonial. So, yeah. Yeah, that was the word. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Happy to help. Yeah. <laughs> so they I have... mouth ceremonial. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, huh? <laughs> um, so they have to actually write the Pope uh, for papal agreement. Uh, and even though they were first cousins, uh, it was grant- they were granted permission to get married. Because they did know at the time about inbred genetic issues well, i'm assuming it was after that spanish uh habsburg spanish habsburg yeah the they're gym. like <laughs> the austrian habsburgs are like okay no 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 no. <laughs> i guess because they figured that the bavarian line didn't have too much of a i don't know yeah i i guess they just were like let's see how it happens <laughs> let's wing it um so sophie her cc's aunt and future mother-in-law found that Cece's education was lacking. She was a little bit horrified that she didn't speak more languages fluently and she didn't know how to dance and she didn't know how to empress. So she had intense training for about the six months before the wedding. Cece absolutely hated it because she's a manic pixie girl, but Mm -hmm. she studied as best as she could. Um, There was also several times that Franz Josef talks about Cece's teeth. They weren't great. Was he giving an interview to Oprah or something? Like, wh- wh- why no, would he, he wrote he wrote letters to his mother, and because he'd visit her during the engagement. I mean, this seems like something like a face to face discussion. Like, oh, by the way, teeth on that one. Yeah, he said, "Don't something like, don't worry, mom. She's brushing them more. They look a lot whiter." <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah, pretty much. I'm paraphrasing, but that is, uh, yeah. So, um, he, he also did encourage, he said to his mother, like, don't worry, um, she's doing, she's taking better care of them. So that was a big concern. The teeth were, um, like your parents. It seems like it was like top of conversation stuff. Like, okay, how's her teeth? It's like checking a horse, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Never look a gift bride in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Didn't we just learn about that term recently? Like the origin of it? Yeah. We were like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. We Googled that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for the, the, the period of time between the engagement and the wedding, Franz Josef came, I think, three or four times to Munich to visit her. And he was just enamored. Like, all of his correspondence with people is just, he's talking about his future bride. He's absolutely in love. He even wrote Tsar Nicholas, uh, how he, like, that he was in love and so excited. Um, and at that time, Austria was going through, or the Habsburgs were going through a bit of a financial issue. And there was definitely more revolution happening. People didn't want to have a royal family. And Mm -hmm. there was a belief that if they had this big wedding and this big ceremony, this could maybe change, turn tides of how people felt about the royal family. It's Mm -hmm. kind of PR. There was also the question of the trousseau, which is kind of a bride's stuff. So when back in the day when you'd get married, Mm -hmm. a woman would have like bags or boxes of stuff that they have to... It's kind of like a dowry in a way, but stuff for her. And Ludovica, her mother, had been preparing one for Helene earlier, but of course they had to take those and give them to Cece. Oh. 
Salt, salt on the wounds. You're not eating that. You're old and 18. You know those things? We're going to need to borrow those. What happened to her? Died. No, uh... <laughs> well, obviously. No, she ended up marrying somebody important, but I'll, I think I put it in the notes or I'll mention it later. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I think she was always upset about the situation. Um, so they didn't have that much money, uh, the Wittelsbach family. So the majority of the stuff that she actually brought in her trousseau were presents from Franz Josef and her future mother-in-law. Like they sent her jewelry right. and some clothes. So it was basically a dowry. You know? It was like a dowry, yeah. right, right. And then um, he even bought her a parrot that she loved. Well, Yeah, she, was, she really loved the parrot. Probably just kept saying, ah, brush your teeth. You see, stay here for the jokes, folks. Uh, so, Cece was not enamored with the jewels. It's probably the asshole parrot. Um, this is a funny fact, too. She didn't have enough shoes when she arrived in Vienna, so they had to be quickly ordered for her. They, they, she didn't have enough shoes that was like befitting of an empress. Okay. And there was a rule at that time that an empress could only wear the pair once. And then it had to be given away. Oh. So Cece actually hated this rule so much that she changed it when she was in power. She's like, this is stupid. Yeah. yeah you, like, you're going to have favorite shoes. Yeah, keep your shoes. Yeah. So uh, that was a, a fun little fact. Mm. Ludovica also tried to, the mother of Cece, tried to push the wedding back to June instead of April when it was planned because she was hoping that most of the nobility in Vienna would have gone on holiday. She was so scared of the Viennese nobility judging Cece oh, because wow. it was, you know, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like high school. It's just one of these things where you've got the rich that are going to judge you. And she was terrified that Cece would mess up or something would happen. But Sophie, uh, Francesca's mom, said, no, it has to be in April. So Franz Josef was so in love at that time that he actually ended a couple of sieges that were happening. <laughs> to get ready for the thing? Yeah, for the wedding. He was wow. so like, he was really like in La La Land. All right, siege is off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you have to come to my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as I said earlier, he was very close to Tsar Nicholas, uh, but they started being at odds when the Crimea, there was a Crimean uh, issue that was flaring up. Mm. So rare. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> never heard of that. Um, yeah, so as I said, also the Habsburg were suffering financially, and also Austria at the time was going through mass unemployment and poverty. Mm. Um, Sophie believed that the wedding, as I said, would make people happy for a while. And the funny thing is, she was actually 100% right. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't love a royal wedding? I love a royal wedding. <laughs> I think poor people don't love a royal wedding. <laughs> I mean, it still happens still today, you know. Uh, it's even, fun to watch, yeah. but you kind of watch it and you think, that money could go somewhere else. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But we love, I, lo I love weddings. I love all weddings. Pomp and circumstance. Yeah, I just love weddings. Mm. Um, so, Cece, a few days before the wedding, leaves beloved Bavaria. She says goodbye to her household staff, apparently crying and hugging. She was mm. very upset. And I think she was excited, but she was also sad. She's leaving behind her home. Yeah. And everyone, all the household staff loved her because they had kind of a, almost a very democratic household. There was staff, but I don't think it was like it was in the royal family. And Just one quick thing. Mm -hmm. Was Bavaria at the time part of the Holy Roman Empire or was it part of the, the, the whole... Habsburg. Uh, no, it was a, it was a separate. It was separate. Separate. Okay. Separate. It was uh, there was the Bavaria, 
which had a king. Right. I don't think it was part of the... Was it? Uh, well, usually all these like little mini-states were all part of the Holy Roman Empire. Then, like, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I well, should have researched that. Well, it's fine. Okay. I, so, don't, I will not ask anybody. I much. was more <laughs> interested in the shoes and the trousseau <laughs> and the jewels. Um, so then... She leaves Bavaria, first by horse and carriage, and then she boards a ship that takes her down the Danube. Thousands of people show up and cheer on the boat mm-hmm. every day that it goes by. She arrives by ship at Neustorf, which is near Grinzing. Yeah. And uh, the crowds are waiting. Everyone's going absolutely wild. Franz Josef is waiting for her. He's so excited that he runs onto the boat and embraces her. And that was so unlike an emperor to do. Yeah, so well, he was still a young man. He could run. Right. <laughs> it's not like Biden going up the steps. <laughs> um, so when he kisses her and the crowd goes wild. And so that was kind of the start of this myth of this a beautiful relationship because everyone's like, this was really love. Because also back in the day, weddings were not supposed to be super romantic. The idea was that it was a... A, an alliance between different countries mm-hmm. and the unions were, were more business than love. So April 24th, 1854, the wedding takes place in Augustina Kirche. That's right near the Albertina. Mm-hmm. And uh, the wedding was incredibly opulent. Over 15,000 candles were lit in the church. Uh, the bride wore a silver and white gown mm-hmm. and was led down the aisle by her mother and future mother-in-law. I guess that was the tradition back then. They were married. The father at- was visiting uh, illegitimate children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think the dad went to the wedding. No, they don't mention him at all in the books. Was it like, uh, like Harry's uh, wife? Uh, oh, Meghan Markle's Meghan? dad. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It was probably <laughs> could be the same thing. Um, yeah, so they were married at seven p.m. and the wedding was overseen by seventy bishops and prelates, prelates. They're high-ranking members of the church, uh, and this is a quote. The wedding address, which was apparently rather long, earned the archbishop the nickname, quote, Cardinal Plausche, quote, which means blabbermouth. <laughs> Beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Keep it Keep simple. Keep it short. <laughs> um, so she's only 16 and is a country girl. This kind of leading up to the, the, the day of the wedding, she's constantly crying. Like she's constantly a wreck. Uh, after the ceremony, they go to the Hofburg to go and greet ambassadors and envoys. Then she had to meet the household staff, and she just sees all the people and starts to cry and runs off. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be intimidating. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if, if, if our place is getting cleaned and I have to go to a different room, it, it really is like, oh, I'm a prisoner <laughs> in my own home. <laughs> well, I was thinking like the day after our wedding in New York, we just ate pizza and watched TV. <laughs> I can't imagine having to like talk to people. Uh, so finally they, she pulls herself together and she goes back and talks to the household staff and they're not allowed to talk to her unless she asks them a question. She doesn't really know the protocol. So there's Princess Esterhazy, which was a, I think it was Princess, the Esterhazy family, um, kind of helps her out and, and, you know, makes sure that she's keeping her poise. Uh, during this time, she also sees two of her cousins in the crowd and she goes up and hugs them. She's so excited to see like friendly faces and the whole court is like, <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> and her mother-in-law like chides her over this. So that's kind of the start, the start, the start of it. And you, this is kind of where you see the parallels of Princess Diana. Princess right. Diana was kind of okay with everybody, hugged people. And so this is the problem. 
starting. So after all this is the royal banquet, and this is a quote. At the end of the gala banquet, the bride and groom were led to Elizabeth's rooms in the Hofburg. Archduchess Sophie wrote, quote, Ludovica and I led the young bride to her rooms. I left her with her mother and stayed in the small room next to the bedroom until she was in bed. Then I fetched my son and led him to his young wife, whom I saw once more to wish her a good night. She hid her pretty face surrounded by the masses of her beautiful hair in her pillow as a frightened bird hides in its nest, end quote. Due to a lack of privacy, we know that the actual consummation did not take place until the third night. Whoa. It's kind of hard when your mother is in the next room. It's like I... That's so awful. Could you bet? No. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, you know, you can, as emperor, you can ask to reinforce and soundproof the... The bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, so... And I mean, it's awful. She's 16. And yeah. he was not... He had been around the block a few times, so this was not his first rodeo. What are you reading, like... Uh... <laughs> Tabloids. 1800 uh, Inquirer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think for her, it was just overwhelming. I think they tried to spin it that she was very in love with him. And and I'm sure it was overwhelming and amazing at first, but I think the reality of it sets in really quickly. Well, you got to remember also, like, you know, with Franz Josef, he actually grew up in that lifestyle. He was there in the court. He was raised in it. And she literally in a, you know, six weeks training period. Six of, months, yeah. Six, uh, six months of boot camp, really. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you have to remember this. You have to remember that. Oh, yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be crazy. You just feel very underqualified on your, <laughs> for the job. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I lied on my resume. <laughs> but yeah, she's, I mean, she's just suddenly expected to be a vessel for future errors. And yeah. But by all accounts, he was very loving towards her. I think that was probably the saving grace if he'd been awful. So they honeymoon in Luxembourg, ah. where we walked yeah, along. Yeah. And Not to be confused with Luxembourg. No. <laughs> Different place. Lux. Luxembourg. It's beautiful. There's hunting grounds, and there's a palace, and then there's the fake castle in the middle by the lake, which we saw in the show Vienna Blood. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem, though, at that point is that the Crimean situation is really heating up. and <laughs> That's going to be the last time it heats up, folks. <laughs> never again. And uh, Franz Josef has to head during the honeymoon almost every day to the Hofburg so she's feeling I think his mom is there too on their honeymoon as well mm. and she's feeling incredibly bored and lonely so she writes some poems and this is one of them translated into English fresh spring returns and trims the trees with new green and teaches new songs to birds and make makes the flowers bloom more beautifully but what is springtime bliss to me here I the faraway strange Oh, here I, the faraway strange land. I long for the sun of home. I long for the banks of the Isar. So she's homesick. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if I was her, I would passively, aggressively leave these around for my husband to find. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Because I made a little poem. (laughs) Oh, how the garbage sits by the door. It looks like it awaits a tour. If only a kindly man could throw it out before I lose my mind and shout. <laughs> well, to be fair, I will throw away the garbage. <laughs> no, you were very good. You cleaned up the fridge today. I'm very oh, happy. Yes. <laughs> it is a bag of death now. Yeah. So that's pretty much the first part. That's, you know, her childhood, the wedding, and part of the honeymoon. And I have to break this up into different sections because there's just so much to talk about. But it's a crazy story. It is. 
Is anything else to add? <laughs> no, no. It's just, it feels like whirlwind, you know? I can only imagine, mm-hmm. you know? Because especially, you didn't even, I'm guessing, how long did her sister know that she was supposed to be... Uh, I think uh, to the emperor most of her life most I think, of her life i think so that was, she, yeah. yeah and i think all the focused all the focus was on the older sister yeah. for like training of how to be proper and she was known as like a very beautiful woman who had poise and elegance and cc was kind of like me yeah. the forgotten one <laughs> yeah so it's it's got to be strange you know to just all of a sudden yeah. you know just be get thrown into it. yeah yeah so we will um Stop for now at this one. No, no. Okay. One of our listener uh, questions, or not questions, but uh, things that they recommended is that we get some music, film music, for when we go on break. We're not going on break. But I can, I can sing something. No. I could do the Benny Hill song. No. No? I absolutely hate that song. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> before I end, or before we end... Uh, please check out Instagram Frau Batsby for some pictures of Cece so you can see what she looks like. Uh, also, watch The Empress on Netflix if you want to see pretty things. You get a good, okay idea of, you know, her life at the beginning. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, no. This was fun. Great. We'll be back for part two next week, and there'll probably be a part three as well because there's a lot more to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you for listening. And please uh, give us five-star reviews on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be safe out there. Hug the ones you love. (laughs) Bye. Bye.